Welcome to the Sea Trade Maritime Podcast. I'm Gary Howard, Europe Editor at Sea Trade Maritime News, and today I'm interviewing 1C Secretary General Sinika Hartonen. Sinika and I discuss the march towards automation in the maritime industry, the regulatory groundwork being laid to ensure safe operation of remote and autonomous vessels, and 1C's role within those developments as an association. I start by asking Sinika to introduce herself and detail her career so far. My name is Sinikka Hartonen. I'm the Secretary General of the international association called OneSea. I have uh, spent my whole career in the transportation industry. And if I look back, I could say that my career has had three parts. First part was being an active seafarer. I worked as a deckhand and later as an officer on board cargo ships. Life at sea began the second part of my career when I joined the government administration. I first worked at the Finnish Maritime Administration, which later became part of the Finnish Transport Agency. And during my work as a civil servant, I also studied at the university and obtained a master's degree in economics. This degree and all my work experience made it possible for me to apply for high-level positions in administration, and I finally ended up as a deputy director general at the transport agency. From that role, I joined the Finnish Shipowners Association in early 2018 and started the current and third part of my career, which is uh, this work at the association, serving the needs and the goals of the members. A little over a month ago, I jumped from the Shipowners Association to my current role here at the ONCE. Well, congratulations on the new role. It's always great to hear of people with actual hands-on experience in the maritime industry taking up these positions. For those unfamiliar with OneSea, perhaps you could explain its role within the industry. Well, OneSea is an um, industry-led association. Our members are commercial organizations. These companies are developers, manufacturers and operators of automated systems and uh, all kind of related technologies. So on their own part are the enablers of digitalization and automation in the field of maritime transportation. The role of the ONCE as an association is to be a platform that offers a time and place for our members to exchange views on the key challenges in new and existing regulations and trying to form a common opinion on how the regulatory framework should look like. And by doing this, we aim to offer support for the legislation makers so that the work on regulation drafting would have a good momentum and all the players in the game would have a clear and possible view on how the future regulatory framework would and need to look like. So we are basically offering a platform for our members for this discussion. That works as a a natural ramp then to the next question, which is what are the current challenges and barriers that are being faced in autonomous operation across regulation and are there any barriers in the technology space as well? That is a good question and very current question. I see that there is one huge challenge and that is that we are still lacking the common understanding of um, what we are talking about when we talk about automation in shipping or when we talk about the automated transport system. Listening to our members, I have a feeling that a lot of the technology that is needed already exists, but um, certainly a lot of development is still needed in the future. So this future regulatory framework should provide predictability for our members. This would allow the technological development to be steered in the correct direction. 
So in that sense, I would say that technology exists. That is not a stopper, a showstopper here, but it is mainly the crafting of the regulation. But uh, like I said, first we need to agree on the terminology and decide how the regulations should be formulated. As we all know, that drafting global regulations is often time-consuming and um, somewhat complex. One could say that the most important thing is now to maintain this, this positive momentum and, and just push forward and not to make things too complicated. Otherwise, I think that uh, we might not see the results and these much-needed global regulations would be delayed. And we are speaking specifically about global regulations, aren't we? Because I understand there's a fair amount going on at the IMO when it comes to the regulation of what do they call a maritime autonomous surface ships. I take it 1C is involved in that process. What role is it playing and, and how are things progressing? Well, the role of the 1C is quite clear. We are provider of information and we take actively part in different kinds of discussions related to the automation of ships and maritime transport. We aim to provide information and offer industry insights to the administrations, flag states, coastal states. And by doing this, we try to support the work of the IMO and its member states. So a significant part of our work is to share information and, for example, explain what is already possible. So that is the main thing that we can do at this moment. And what is the current state of those regulations at the IMO? And are there any sort of important meetings or deadlines coming up that the industry should be aware of? Well, the work has already started. And even now as we speak, there is Maritime Safety Committee convening in London and they are trying to take forward the um, non-mandatory code. That will be the first package of this mass regulation. So um, the work is going on and um, I wouldn't say that there is one certain meeting or one certain point in time that is more important than any other. I think that it will be the first upcoming months and the first upcoming years that will be important so that regulative work goes forward and it is not delayed. That is the main thing. As much as you said earlier that these regulations shouldn't get too complicated, I expect they must interact with many of the existing IMO instruments that are out there. So there must be a, a fair bit of legwork to be done. Yeah, definitely. And that is one thing that uh, I think makes this whole thing so complicated that there is a vast amount of uh, IMO regulations and they all need to be considered at some point. We have had already this regulatory scoping exercise that provided results and showing what of these existing instruments should be addressed when we are considering the future automated maritime transportation and the vessels. And there is a lot of work to be done on the new code, on, on mass. So we will see a new instrument being produced, but um, certainly we also, at the same time, we need to follow how this new instrument is serving the existing instruments. It is quite a complex environment. Yeah, I forget if it was on the 1C website or on the IMO's website, but I, I saw that list of, of instruments that were that were involved or relevant. It may as well have been all of them. It was <laughs> There were so many on there. <laughs> yeah, that, that is true. There is many of them and it's going to be a challenge, but I firmly believe that uh, there is a bunch of uh, clever-minded people now looking into this issue and if the industry is kept in the loop and we can provide the information from our side, then I think that there is uh, hope that we will see good regulations in the future and they will serve this development of the technologies. Sure. And just before we step on to the sort of more practical side, 
I've written a couple of stories recently about the deployment of an autonomous vessel in the Middle East. I think it's operating out of Abu Dhabi. I think it's Fugros. And there was some talk there about getting things to work within the, the local and regional regulations there. Is there a lot of work to be done on a national or a regional level? Or do we sort of hope that the international regulation will come in and then all of the countries will sort of read from that same script? Well, certainly there is always some kind of benefit in these national level tests and pilot cases and even on different kind of uh, national legislations that are being drafted. So we can all learn from them. But it is important that we get the regulation through the IMO on the global level. And in the long run, that will be the only way to go because the vessels on the global traffic, many of them, they are moving from country to country and they are serving different kind of uh, regions. So in that sense, uh, it would be quite an, an hassle and quite a burden for the ship owners, for example, if they would um, face different kind of regulations depending on where their vessels are operating. So in that sense, on the long run, the only way to go is via the IMO regulations. I'm sure there are plenty of ship owners out there that will agree on that point about regional regulation, but we won't open that particular can of worms here. So, like I said, moving to the more practical side, the maritime industry has lots of components and different ship types and different trades. Where in the industry should we expect autonomous operation to begin? Where do you see its next steps from there? Are there any types of vessel or operations that you think are beyond automating? Well, unfortunately, I don't have the crystal ball that would uh, show us the answer for that question. Um, but I believe that eventually we will see increase in the use of automation on all types of ships in, in different traffic areas. Uh, but the development will go forward gradually as the ship owners see the benefit of installing new sensors and systems. And uh, also the ports, for example, will develop their operating environment and enable the automation of port operations. But it is expected that the development and the ways of utilizing the new technologies will first happen on cargo ships. And we have already seen interesting tests on some cargo vessels, but also on smaller vessels, like for example on ducks. So there is a lot of potential also on, on different segments, on smaller vessels, on larger vessels. I firmly believe that the automation will will in the future benefit all the types of vessels. But who knows what will be the first one to break through with this automation and autonomous vessels. It might be a short connection ferry, smaller short connection ferry operating within the archipelago. And someone might say that, OK, it will be huge container vessel on a transatlantic voyages. Who knows? There is possibilities and potential in all these segments. It sounds like your focus is very much on making sure the regulation is there so that these things can happen rather than pursuing any particular sector. As you ran through your career earlier, it's been very much adjacent to ship owners, both the ICS and Finnish Ship Owners Association. Do you have an idea of the sort of general view of the ship owning community on automation? Are there particular concerns or enthusiasms there? I have a feeling that uh, the ship owners are keen on seeing where the automation is heading, but uh, they are waiting for a clear business case. They want to see the real benefits of making the investments. But uh, there are good incentives coming from the environmental regulations. So 
the whole shipping industry has this huge goal of cutting the emissions. And that is where the digitalization and the use of data comes into play. So I believe that the ship owners are now looking at the ways of using the new tools that will allow them to optimize the use of the vessels. And this would allow them to cut the emissions. And I think that is one way for the automation to increase in shipping. It goes through environmental efficiency. I think central to this as well, when people think automation, that one of the first things that will pop to mind is what happens to the crew and minimum crewing levels and I guess the impact it might have on OPEX as well. I should have had a question in mind before I started that rant, shouldn't I? <laughs> <laughs> but maybe I can answer even if you haven't asked me. So that uh, if we are talking about the position of the crew, at this point we believe that we shouldn't uh, make things too complicated and, and mix the discussion of manning levels with the automation discussion. So we should see that um, the technologies that we already have or that we can see that there will be in in the the next years available for the the crew they will increase the safety of the navigation and the safety of the vessel so it will sort of um, support the decision making that will take place on board the vessels and the decision making is made by a human being for the near future or in the near future. So in that sense, we shouldn't be mixing and talking about the levels of manning when we are talking about the automation. At first, we should concentrate on thinking what can the automation and increased use of automation bring for the current crew and how it can support the working environments and environment on board the vessel. Perfect answer to a question that I didn't ask, so. <laughs> <laughs> but would have asked if I had the words to hand. Yeah, um, we, are, we are worried that uh, that uh, these manning levels and discussion about crew or, or un unmanned or unmanned vessel, it will just complicate the matters that we will be stuck in this certain loop and we will not be able to go forward. So in that sense, we try to explain what are the positive results that the increased use of automation may bring for the seafarers. Sure. I think my question was going to be whether you saw an, an increase in appetite for automation or an increase in interest even during and after the pandemic, as obviously crewing became a very difficult thing for a lot of operators to do. Well, I have to say first that uh, the whole pandemic was some kind of, uh, should I say, disaster for the seafarers. It was awful how these uh, seafarers were forced to stay on board for months and months because of these uh, this, uh, isolation um, regulations. But in that sense, in the future, if we have some kind of help from the technology for these kind of situations, then it would certainly help the shipping industry. But if we consider it from that point, then we, we will go into this discussion about the manning levels and would be in the future would we want to operate the vessels without any crew on board or things like that. So that is the discussion that we'll pick up out of the automation discussion at that point. Sure, I understand. Speaking again about 1C in particular, I understand it's changed a fair bit since 2016 when it was founded and that also its mission has changed as well. Perhaps you could speak about what the original mission was, what it's now become and, and, and what's driven that change within 1C. 
Well, when ONESI started 2016, it started to promote the idea of the autonomous shipping. And I think that we can all remember these images of the vessels that are going there around the world in our seas without any crew on board. That was the way that the discussion started and ONESI did a really good job in getting a media attention and attention from the IMO and attention of the different uh, IMO member states on this issue of automation. So in that sense, it was really valuable for this whole automation idea. Now we have come to the situation where, or the stage where we all agree that we have the technologies that enable us to automate certain functions and automate the transportation system. So we don't need to do this sort of, should I say, marketing or educating thing. Now the ONESI has different kind of role. Instead of uh, marketing the autonomous maritime environment, we are trying to explain for the regulators and the decision makers what is possible at the moment and uh, what type of a regulatory framework in the future would serve the purpose in the best way. So in that sense, it has changed from getting attention for the issue to explaining what is needed in order to enable the development go forward. So this has been the change that has happened during the past six years. That makes a lot of sense. And just speaking briefly on your membership, we have a, a vast range of different people from across the industry listen to the podcast. Who makes up your current membership? Are you looking for more members? And who are the right sort of companies to get involved in 1C? We have uh, at the moment 11, 12 international members. And certainly we are looking for the new members all the time and all those companies that are involved in developing or manufacturing or operating these automated systems or technologies, they are all welcome to, to contact us. So definitely we have a couple of main priorities in, in the upcoming years. There is a need to continue the development of our cooperation with various global and regional actors like IMO and EU, but also with international companies. So we will put effort into sharing information about 1C and, and by doing this, we wish to broaden and strengthen our membership base. If there's anyone listening that thinks it's up their street and they could be of assistance, then uh, I guess they need to just seek out the 1C website. Yes, please do and, and, uh, and feel free to contact us and we are more than willing to share information what 1C is and what are our goals and how anyone who is interested may join us. Thank you, Seneca, for joining us on the Sea Trade Maritime podcast, and thank you for listening. <laughs>